Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Hey guys, welcome back to the Adapt Nation podcast. I'm Steve, and in today's episode, I talk about my experience of wearable technology and health tracking applications. See, I've been wearing an Apple Watch, you know, this computer on my wrist for the last couple of years, and I'm someone who loves watches. So that transition was awful for me. And I went through the phases of excitement and then delusion and thinking, what's the point of this bit of tech that I'm going to have to replace in a year's time? Through to honestly being in a place that is an integral part of how I manage my nutrition, my health, and my body composition. So we're going to talk through that experience. We're going to talk through, is it a fad or can these devices be used in a productive way? Are they accurate? And does that even matter? how to leverage their data and what data to consider, as well as the future of this space. Is wearable technology an enabler, uh, something that enlightens and improves our skill and intuition, or do they just guide us towards becoming dumb creatures that just follow technology blindly? We also talk about the future of this space. So watches are today, tomorrow, I think it's about rings and it's also about microbiome testing. How can we get a dashboard of increasing health status so we can manage optimally the food we eat, the decisions we make and how we exercise. But before that, let's talk about Disney. <laughs> I just come back from a fantastic surprise holiday for my two little girls as we traipsed around the Disney World parks for the last couple of weeks. Incredible, amazing, obviously loads of money spent, frustrating, hot and all that kind of stuff, but incredible and magical. But at the center of our experience was the cutting edge technology of wearable devices. They have their own currency pretty much, and they have a completely integrated experience where a wearable device governs and drives pretty much every behavior in their parks. Really cool. I hope you enjoy this episode, guys. How was your uh, trip to America, the other side of the pond? I went to Orlando, man. It was it was great. It was great. So we took we took the little ones yep. to, to Disney World. And I've been twice already. And, mm -hmm. you know, a bit of confession. I actually had my honeymoon there. It's not the typical honeymoon location. No. It doesn't beat yours. Awesome, that's man. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got it's got a fondness. You know, we got married in New York. Uh, yeah. We we then just basically went down to Florida. And as a result of that, it's got this kind of yeah, nostalgia to it as yeah. as, as a couple. And it was our 10-year anniversary. So yeah. it kind of all came together. We thought, why don't we have our 10-year anniversary where we had a honeymoon and the kids are five and eight, so they're kind of a good age. Yeah. Let's get them over there. We've only got this year or next year to really capitalize on their ages in terms of the magic. So let's go do it. So we did at huge expense yes, and a bit imagine. last minute. Yeah, uh, but it was great, man. It's um, you really can't touch Disney on service and yeah. attentiveness and detail and just their willingness to spend whatever it takes 
to make you feel not only in good service, but special. It's just like it feels corny. It feels magical. Yeah. And you just can't. I don't think there's any other brand who can create a sensory experience where you've got brand loyalty, you understand the characters, you've lived with the characters for years. Yeah. Um, there's nostalgia for kids as well as adults yeah, of all ages yeah. because they've been going on for so long. And the way they put it all together, I mean, like Legoland or the place around the corner, um, Gulliver's, like there's just nowhere. Mm. No. Chesington, Alton Towers, there's nowhere that can touch them. On the same level. They try, yeah. but you can't, you just can't mimic what they've created because one, they spent an inordinate amount of money. Two, they've been going on forever. Three, Walt Disney just created this sense of a desire for kids mm. to feel special and magical. And you just get that. Even uh, as an adult and like, you know, everyone's in costumes and, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's a business, but it, is it, it still magical great. for you then uh, as an adult, would you say? I, it, like, it still feels like as if you're almost turns you into a kid. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, like you, you look, you can see like, like how the business is running and yeah. you can see how the logistics are working and you can see some things are like, they have a lot of crap to eat, right? They have a lot of like sugar coated everything. Yeah. Everything is sugar, sugar based <laughs> fucking everything, you know, like toffee apples yeah. and like popcorn everywhere. And just, the smells are insane yeah. and they go all out with their cakes and stuff. So you can see things a bit objectively as an mm. adult and especially someone who's, aware of nutrition and yeah. decisions and business so you kind of see things through a different lens but even still you go wow like it's so clean it's so well yeah. put together like a small thing like people take photos but they they scan your wristband yeah and as soon as they take the photo of you mm. it comes up on your phone Does so it? Oh, uh, wow. and and they they use proper cameras yeah. so the lighting's impeccable they even superimpose like characters into your pictures and it happens immediately so just the organization the technology but more, most importantly that kind of commitment to you know the characters the staff the organization and the build out like fucking hell like we went to animal kingdom and they've got an avatar like land it's called pandora mm -hmm. Um, have you watched Avatar? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a few years old, this film, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's kind of like a magical film when it was based on their, uh, their like, blue... The blue... The yeah, blue, I can't remember. It was, yeah, yeah. It was the years Navi, ago. The they're called. I remember it being quite a magical thing. Was, so. I actually only watched it a couple of days ago because yeah. it inspired us to rewatch. But they've got these um, hanging mountains right if you recall like these mountains are just hanging out of nowhere and i do they, they kind of got these weeds kind of yeah. dragging down and roots well anyway they recreated that in animal kingdom so like you walk through and you just see these like floating mountains and how big like pretty big, big scale or? yeah fucking big yeah and then they've got like all the like obscure colors and the weird um uh plants and stuff that you saw in the film are they real plants or no, they, do real. they use like or is it all like it's all, plastic it's all kind concrete of, and mm. stuff but painted to look real yeah but fuck man it's just it's all out yeah. it's all out we went on a king kong ride which uh which was amazing and we went on a, a ride called expedition everest which mm -hmm. is like yeah basically inching up a everest mountain yeah and uh it's just pretty insane but everything is all out just yeah. the build out like who's got the money Oh no! Other than them, Disney to make it 
just so bang on. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm just I, I was in awe in the the technology, the logistics, the setup, the service. service. Yeah. But all that just comes down to in the moment. Do you feel kind of blessed? Do you feel lucky? Do you feel happy? Mm. And it definitely creates that. Yeah. You feel I tired think... and a bit frustrated at times because long queues, but. It is an awesome place. So they must be the best at it, best at delivering that that feeling. That experience. I, don't, I don't think there's any anyone else who could do that. Yeah. But I, we kind of like go, we googled a couple of things whilst we're there. Like this has got to cost a lot of money. Mm. It cost them something like three and a half million dollars a day to run their parks. Not just in Orlando. There's ones in uh, California and there's Paris and Tokyo, but three and a half million but a staffing, day. Staffing, maintenance, just all everything. That. Like everything. just making it look the way it does. Yeah. So I think as you clock that up, it's ten billion they spend a year. But he's got two ten billion on yeah. theme parks. <laughs> <laughs> Disney. That is clearly why yeah. it looks and feels and the way is it the does. way it is. Yeah. But you couldn't spend ten billion a year if you didn't have the characters. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, didn't it's... have the 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 films like the Toy Story Land. Yeah. Toy Story Land wouldn't be amazing if it wasn't didn't have Jess. If it was just Jessie random characters and, that you you know Woody and you know like the the things that you know of the film it's you the films that it, right? create yeah. the kind of brand extension do you know what i mean and that i think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the the fact that it's not only like magical for the kids it's nostalgic for the adults because mm. we all grew up with it as well exactly. it's been going for so long we exactly. know all the characters and just like mickey mouse and goofy and like everyone's lived with mickey mouse and goofy at yeah. some point in their life as a kid or transitioning out of a kid where you still respect appreciate yeah. them and I can still watch a so a cartoon and still enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, do the do your girls do they still watch Toy Story and all the characters that we've grown up with, or have the characters yeah. changed and there's just more of them? Like, how does that? I mean, do yeah, they watch so, the old so movies? My, my kids are under ten, but um, they've watched all the Disney movies, like you know, from Cinderella, yeah, Beauty and the Beast, Ariel, which you know came out in in the 90s before they were born but they've seen all of those they've seen the toy stories the monsters inc yeah aladdin um Are they almost in... all of the films that like the, the the um characters or the locations reference yeah they had seen bar yeah. one or two but for the most part they'd seen everything and that's i think it's quite typical of kids these days like you just get sucked into watching cartoons so you just go mm. back you start watching pocahontas and mulan and then you know moana's yeah. come out and then you know you just kind of sign up to watching as many yeah. cartoons as possible as a mm. kid so for the most part they've seen them all yeah and i think i mean have they done like newer versions of like toy story because i i haven't watched any disney films for a long time have you not no so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> whether they're I, I mean are they watching the original or are they there's are three they, there's three toy there's stories three and i think i I think I've watched all three. Um, I think the third one was quite sad. Was it the one I, where... I, think I can't actually remember. Yeah. But I don't know if they've redone those versions or if the girls are watching No, no, no. They're, they're still watching the originals, absolutely. Right. And then, like there was a Harry Potter land in um, Universal Studios, which was immense. I like, I, I don't, I don't watch Harry Potter. I've watched one film, the first one a bit. I've not yeah. read any of the books. I'm not into witchcraft and all that kind of weirdness. It's just not me. Yeah. But wow. Like you walk into like you walk down a street and it's yeah. just got the same vibe. Like the tall, angular roofed buildings, oh, like there was amazing. snow everywhere. Yeah. There was the Hogwarts Express like mm -hmm. with like real smoke coming out of it. 
we actually went through at night so it was all lit up and all the windows had like magical things moving around the rides were incredible just like just the experience you feel like you think you've just been transported into the hogwarts (laughs) yeah oh it's just incredible man I'm going to, me and Lisa said we're going to be watching uh, all the Harry Potters leading up to Christmas because I'm, yeah. I'm the same. I've, I've, I've watched one or two of them kind of when they've been on the background, but I've not properly sat down and gone through all the Harry Potters. I don't know if I'll enjoy it, but um, we're going to do that leading up to Christmas. I reckon it, you, it's if kind you, of a if nice you, experience and it's kind of like um, commit to it and do the binge, you'll probably yeah. enjoy it. But yeah. yeah, I'm just not into witchcraft, sorcery, kind of like magic stuff it just doesn't really work for me no i holly so, likes it so i guess you didn't watch the lord of the rings either then because it's sort of, how many is there is there just one there's uh, a few oh isn't i there? don't know i think there's a few because then it, i, I think it spirals off to like the hobbit or yeah, and yeah. Seen any. i think I, I saw not... the first one which was like two and a half hours long i'm like that was hard work yeah it was a great film but it was hard work i didn't feel inspired to watch the second did you know like, i haven't even watched any of the star wars movies other than like the first no. one yeah so i'm just not really into that kind of stuff but i can appreciate it like so star wars ride and stuff oh, no sorry they're building out a star wars weld as an extension to one mm-hmm. of the parks but like, we were in um i think it was animal oh, i can't remember where it was now but it was in one of the parks and like the stormtroopers just every once in a while they play the you know the epic star wars music theme theme tune yeah and they got the the stormtroopers just like parading down the street and it's all very dramatic and everyone's looking and everyone's like wow wow look at that <laughs> and you can't help but to feel wow this is amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bought into it completely so bought into it and the um and your girls were your your daughters were completely uh surprised on the day when they were going to mm-hmm. to disneyland well actually to america did, did you tell them at the airport I saw so, a video. I don't know where you were at this point. So, so. We, we traveled on a Wednesday. There was they had school on a Wednesday. Yeah. Leading up to the weekend where then they had a week off, but we took them out of school a couple of days early. So they didn't know anything. On Wednesday, like, let's go and grab a meal around the corner. Mm-hmm. Got them in the car, started driving. And then after about 30 minutes, like, Holly was like, this, is, this feels long. Like, <laughs> what's going on, Daddy? This must I'm, be a good restaurant. And I'm like, yeah, do you know what? There's road roadworks getting to where we we're going to get to. So we're going to have having to take the long route. And, uh, like, M25 was absolutely slammed. So oh, it took man. us, like, two hours to get to Gatwick. And we're like, why is this taking so long, Daddy? It's like, it's getting dark and I'm starving. I'm like, I have no idea why it's taking so long. Let's not go to this restaurant again. <laughs> so go to the restaurant and have the meal. And yeah. then after the meal, uh, we're looking for the hotel, which is relatively close. And then like, I think we lost. So we pull over because we had like a valet parking guy and he yeah. gets in the car. And Holly's looking at me like, Daddy, what's going on? Why is it? Why is he driving our car? Because we were in there and he drove us to the hotel. Yeah. It's like, we can't find how to get home. So we're just going to have to stay here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must be such and, a weird and, and then, then I open up the boot and I pull the bags out, the you know, like loads of suitcases. Like, yeah. Daddy, what's going on? Like, look, I just always carry suitcases <laughs> just in case we get lost. <laughs> Did she buy into it? And she's like, Daddy, something's up. I'm like, nothing's <laughs> up. It is what it is. So I was playing this corny like storyline yeah. i knew she didn't believe and she's like daddy you're up to something what we're gonna stay in tonight <laughs> you'll go back to school on thursday like well, is what it is and she didn't believe it for a second but i wasn't letting on but she probably didn't know she was going to america but she didn't know so then on on thursday morning we get into the airport okay yeah. we're going somewhere can't tell you where 
sitting down, we're having some food. And then, yeah, I just kind of dropped the bomb. I just showed her a video of, of Disney World. She was excited. And as you recall from that video, <laughs> my little one doesn't show much expression. Yeah. So yeah. she was like just munching down on her, like, on her yeah, breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but she loved it. They both absolutely loved time. it. Brilliant. Massive, obviously, shock to the system. Um, but yeah, it was it was incredible. Um, just how it's all put together. Like you don't have to get your credit card out once. Yeah. Like you go across like seven theme parks and across all of them, you've got this thing on your wrist that just pays for everything, gets you into all the rides, gets you into all the parks. So very well integrated, really well organized. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess the hardest thing was just the walking. It's like yeah. it's a lot of effort. Yeah. It's, it lot, is, lot it is not a holiday. In the heat. It's not a holiday. Yeah. Not it's, for you, you anyway. you're, you're signing up to work. Yeah. Like on average, we've done 20,000 steps a day in the heat, in like 32 degree heat. And, um, you know, I'm lugging about a backpack and I've got my camera mm -hmm. on me and we're just hot and bothered with sweating mm -hmm. and, you know, queues for some queues like an hour, some queues were three hours long, but we didn't do those. But it's it's a lot of waiting around, a lot of walking. Yeah. And, you know, you've got tiny little legs, you know, five and eight year old legs that are trying to keep up with just a constant pace. Yeah. And we're going to bed at like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, every night, waking up at seven. So... It was just intense. And they kept up all right with, with For the, the most part. Yeah, you know, kind of. Everyone everyone got a bit fidgety at times and a bit yeah, frustrated yeah. that they were just underslept and yeah. overworked. And sensory the, overload as well. Like, there's yeah. a lot going on. It can kind of create Constant stress. music, constant stimulation. Yeah. Uh, you just kind of want to lock yourself in the dark room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for, the for pace so, is too, yeah. too, too full on. Yeah. Like, most people go for two weeks. We went for nine days. So we had to cram it. And how many days were you at the park then? So you, you were in the park for nine days or? So there's different parks. Yeah. But we were in a park of some sort for seven days. And we had one day by the pool and one day at a water park. So another park, but it's So it's are they, sorry, I'm a complete novice at Disneyland. <laughs> I've never been. So are they connected, these parks? Or are they yeah. in different locations? No, you've got to get in a like... car and, or, or a bus and get oh, to them. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. So they're all within like Disney World complex. Disney basically own a, a big patch of land for the mega. most part yeah. in Orlando. Um, but they're fairly significantly mm. spread out. So you, they might be 10, 20 minutes away from each other. Mm. And I think they've got four or five parks and then Universal got two. Mm -hmm. And then there's other parks if you want to drive further out like Bush Gardens and then you can go to SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. But we just done the, um, the Disney parks, which yeah. is four or five. We've done one of their water parks and then we've done one of the um, Universal Studios yeah. thing. And that was that was enough. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was more than enough to <laughs> spend a fortune. Well, that's the thing. It's not cheap and they kind of have you in the park, right? And then I suppose the food's expensive and I don't know, all the extras like fast track and I don't know you if you've done any of that. But... You can't, you don't, you don't have a choice. Mm. Like if you're going to, if you're going to eat on Disney property, you don't have a choice. They, and they know that. So the prices, is, I and like, Unlike the UK, more... like there's an ob, uh, there's an yeah. obligation to give 20% tip on everything. Mm. Like It's not like if you really think we've done a good service. It's like, here's 18%, here's mm. 20%, which do you want yeah. to give? Like, I don't do 20% in the UK. So yeah. they're really expensive. Then you've got the obligatory tip you must give. <laughs> and yeah, like breakfast is like, I don't know, we spend $150 just on breakfast. Mm. Oh, yeah. And we're not pigs, right? And there's some people that, you know, some Americans <laughs> and some travelers, they, 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 
slightly bigger yeah. set, yeah. <laughs> and they like Big to appetite. eat, and they yeah. yeah, and they'll make the most of buffets. Like, there's only so much a five and eight year old can eat. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're paying full price. God, so yeah, they they really have you over a barrel in terms of cost. Yeah, but you know, you you're clearly playing a premium for one the fact you're there, and two, as I just said, that they're, they're spending so much money on making what they do work that you've got that overhead included in everything yeah. you buy. Yeah, everything is too expensive, but you kind of balance it out by saying, "But it's here." Yeah, and the service is unmatched. You kind of have to accept it, I suppose. You, you, if you go in, you just know it's going to be an expensive experience. And I think a lot of people. There's no just, way to do it cheap. Yeah, you mean you, you could, you could have a property off the resorts. So mm-hmm. we stayed in Animal Kingdom itself in a lodge. It was really nice, like Safari yeah. Lodge. Wake up, see zebras and giraffe looking into our property, and like it was, it was oh, pretty really? cool. Oh, wow. It was like proper yeah. safari vibe, oh. and it was African cuisines. It was really like quite quite authentic yeah as a kind of like sub-saharan african resort lodge really well put together and most of the staff were of african descent Mm -hmm. it really felt you know very non-disney in that regard but it's because disney put the money into it and they made it the way it is that it just feels so good you could stay at cheaper resorts on plot Mm-hmm. Or you could go off and stay somewhere further away up. completely. Yeah. You can just go and stand stay in a little motel or something something cheap. Um but you're kind of sacrificing a bit of the experience. You do it right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you kind of want Keep to go all magic. in. And as you go all in, it, it just gets it gets horrific. It's too expensive. And <laughs> you I think you were saying before we came on the podcast that the way that you pay for everything you have a wearable device on your wrist, like yeah. uh, what what is that? So that's um, just like a rubber kind of wristband. Yeah, it's like a rubber wristband with like you know like your contactless payment stuff. Yeah, it's basically got one of those chips in, and because it does it does everything, everything. And that's the thing, and that that's because they make it so seamless and easy, and you yes. don't actually see the transaction. No. You don't see the numbers really. You just kind of tap it, and, and yeah. it's done. You and go, you go, you go into a little. So, easy to spend money. so every every ride exits into a shop yeah and you go oh, pick up this pick up that do you take a magic band of course we do put it there sir <laughs> done you paid walk out you want to buy some popcorn you want to buy you know some cookies you want to buy some water use the band you want to buy lunch dinner breakfast use the band get into the park use the band fast park everything is on this this thing you want to get into mm. your room you use this this little band it's brilliant and then it's connected to an app it's really really cool and you love the technology for all of its benefit, but as yeah. you say, it makes it so easy. Yeah, so easy to just overindulge because yeah. you've got no that decision making or that process of getting your money out and feeling yeah. your money disappears. Exactly. And there it's gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of why nowadays we have like contactless payment because it's a quicker, smoother transaction, and that's the way money flows. Right? It's quick mm. and seamless, easy. You don't see it, don't feel it. And you just tap the card and it's done, right? It did make me think, like, you know, that is the future. Um, as much as they, you know, they've created this ecosystem where payments are made via their own mechanism. Yeah. It's almost like their own currency. Yeah. If you think about it, because there is no money. There's no yeah. money coming out of your wallet. There's no cards coming out. Like, you are using this thing as your your identity. <laughs> That's right? crazy. And it's like, like you're yeah. going on a ride. Yeah. You go on a ride. And you come out of the ride and there's some um, <laughs> screens showing you on the ride based on the band you was wearing. And then if you want to save that photo, you just tap your wristband to the, the little the little area and it adds it straight to your your 
um, app. So whilst you're in their little ecosystem, you have their currency, their means of tracking you, yep. your, your, their means of understanding where you are, what you want, what what content but to send your way. Behaviors. It's incredible. And you think you kind of extend that beyond, okay, their little world. Mm -hmm. You go, it's the future. Yeah. It is the future. We've got contactless payments already and you've got, you can pay Apple Pay with your watch. But how easy that was, that feels like that's how it should be everywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where Uh, we do away with credit cards. We do away with money completely. We we will at some point. I mean, I, I pay on my phone for everything now. Not everything. I do still get my credit card out, but it's now at the point where I'm like, Yes, I have a contactless card. But, but there's a limit though, isn't there? It's only a there, 30 quid limit. A, yeah, I mean, if I'm getting something big, I'll get my card out. But unless unless it's over 30 quid, I will use my phone. And I'm, yeah. and the reason for that is because I'm like, I can't be bothered to put my hand in my pocket, yeah. take my card out and pay for this thing when I've already got stuff in my hands and my phone is probably already in my hand yeah. um, or it's in my pocket, I just pull it out. And it automatically comes up when you're near a car reader and you press. It's even better on the watch because the watch, it does exactly the same thing as Apple Pay. You just press the side button and it loads up your card. So you just tap your wrist onto it. Just the experience we're talking about in Disney, straight on the watch. But the watch is limited by the amount you spend. In Disney, unlimited. It's just going to charge your credit (laughs) card in your room. Dangerous. So you can buy whatever you want. So that is definitely the future. Adaptation. I mean, obviously, that's the future in like paying, but it's also the future in terms of health and healthcare as well, and, and mm. you know, heart rate monitor and steps, and just having this wearable device on you that you you pay pay for everything, and you can check all the data from your steps and your heart rate, and it's just got everything on it, and it's just incredibly easy, and it's all of it's just going to link to your phone, and you're just going to have everything on there. And it's definitely going to be the way that it's it's going in that direction. You can just sit, you can kind of see it happening. You can see it. Yeah. The evolution of of how this and where it's. If you pay attention to like trends and things like that, you can just see which direction it's moving. And wearable devices now, it, you know, it is the trend, right? I I mean, I must be out of this trend because I don't have one. But so yeah, I was going to say like I'm I'm surprised you don't. Yeah. So that watch you've got is a digital watch, and it, I guess it's a stopwatch. But beyond that, it's not really doing anything else, no? Couple quid from Japan. How much? Couple quid off from Japan. <laughs> okay. There's just some <laughs> Japanese make on uh, okay. on eBay, and I ordered it. Brilliant watch, by the way. Okay. Um, it's lasted me forever, but I I use it for obviously like just a stopwatch and the okay. simplicity of it. Yeah. And because I don't mind bashing it around and stuff when yeah. I'm in a gym and with the weights, but you're you're you've got an Apple Watch, right? Yeah. I I think it they look really nice and the functionality of that as well and 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 how it integrates your statistics for for your steps and you know all of that i think i will probably end up getting one because of for that reason um mm. at some point but that's kind of why i have this watch really so so the most basic level at the most basic level you're getting um you know step counts and calorie you know you know how many calories you've burned mm-hmm. how many hours you've stood up like at the basic level that activity stuff is what you get from any kind of wearable right yeah and some wearables offer more features than others um but if you think about where this watch is going it's more about just having that kind of really highly integrated experience between all your devices yeah and as soon as your your watch feels like your phone which feels like your 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 um laptop 
and everything is kind of talking to one another and yeah. you can text off your phone and then go onto your laptop and continue the text message and it's just all one kind of integrated integrated system yeah, yeah. that that feels nice um so would you say is a question for you about the apple watch is it a bit gimmicky because well, i remember when they start, started to come out and i remember thinking how's that gonna that are you going to take a call from your watch? Like, is that it's just going to be a gimmicky thing that's mm. going to come in and out of fashion? Um, but I mean, that was years ago now, and you, you still wear yours. Third, You've had yours, watch. yeah. I mean, third one. so you, you must obviously. There's a reason you you buy one of those, right? Yeah, I, I think there's there's more features than you really need, but mm -hmm. then that's what's going to sell them and continue to sell them. Just like you don't use every feature on your phone, right? Yeah. Um, I'm. I love watches. Like prior to getting this watch, I was very resistant because I've got I've got some really expensive watches upstairs. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, uh, automatic watches that you know the self wind and yeah, you know, spend a fortune nice. on some of them. Really, really nice. You know, dress watches and some more kind of showy stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I've got a Hublot and stuff like that. But it was it was difficult for me to transition to a tech techie watch because one, you think they're faddy. Two, they're nowhere near as attractive as a really elegant yeah. dress watch they're just not um and there's a romantic nature to observing the, the swiss made engineering the of a proper watch yeah. Yeah. versus seeing a bit of tech on your wrist and is the battery going to last enough and blah, blah 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 so it was i struggled and actually bought one and didn't wear it because i wanted all my watch i want to wear my watches i want to wear my watch with my suit and make yeah, it yeah. look good i didn't want to wear this like black square thing <laughs> But I, I guess like with anything, like you kind of then start getting used to what it offers. Yeah. And you feel a bit naked or, or things don't feel right when you don't have that information. Like for example, you know, if I get a text message, it will ping up and I can read the text message on my wrist. Yeah. It's a small thing, but it's quite, it's quite convenient when, yeah. you know, phone somewhere else or you're just flicking through quickly. So then when I put a normal watch on, which happens less and less frequently now, sometimes I feel it's vibrated just yeah, because yeah, yeah. Like, I've just moved funny. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't got that. That's just telling me the or time. Or how many, how, many, how many calories have I burnt today? Or, yeah. um, or I want to check something quickly. Or I can't. I've got to get yeah. my phone out. So now you start going, actually, like for example, when I turn on the Apple Maps, I can be in my car. And it taps me a certain amount of times if I want to go left and a certain amount of times really? if I want to go right. Oh, wow. So I've... I don't even have to look at my phone. You could be walking the street and you're getting these haptic touches on your wrist to tell you where to go and you're not having to look at anything. That's cool. So there's this kind of really smart, really thought out kind of user experience that you start signing up to yeah. as you get exposed to those features and use them. And then like heart rate variability monitoring, you know, reminding you to breathe, uh, which is ridiculous, but proper like mindfulness yeah. breathing, standing, you know, stopwatches in there, which is basic features and telling you to stand <laughs> and all the various time zones. Like if you look at my watch now, I've got a time zone in there for New York, but I could put it into any time zone. Yeah, I can have the UV index, I can have the temperature, I can have the yeah. weather, all available on the front screen. And my calendar's on there so I can see my next appointment is on my watch. And yeah. you just kind of go, yeah, it sounds a bit faddy, but once you get used to it. Quite practical, yeah. It's less reasons to open my phone because we know when I open my phone, I'm going to get distracted. Yeah, yeah. Whereas there you don't. Yeah. So 
that's that's the Apple experience, which is highly integrated with the whole Apple ecosystem. But generally, wearables, I think they're here to stay, man. Yeah, I think. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I mean, there, I was listening to, and um, which we were talking, you know, we we're talking about um, Elon Musk um, a couple of podcasts ago, right? And um, he he talks about AI, which scares the shit out of me. Um, and he's basically saying how obviously on the side we're building this AI and uh but he was saying but also if you think about it we are kind of turning into ai we're kind of we are walking cyborgs now because we have this device either on our wrist or at the end of our you know in our hand right at the end of our arm mm. um and with it we are much smarter we we someone asks you a question without that that on attached to your hand or your wrist you probably can answer it we're walking, your we're walking around disney and we were like this must cost so much to operate Googled it. Oh, they spend 3.5 million a day yeah. on their parks, 10 billion a year. I knew that within seconds. I didn't yeah. know that information. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's, he said that's that, the beauty I was like, of it, right? Holy shit. Like, yeah, we are kind of walking cyborgs. Yeah. We, got, we got this kind of computer. It's not physically attached to us, but it's almost physically attached. And now that I can see with the wearables, um, they are that's another way of it becoming a bit more attached to, to us, right? It's mm. now it's strapped around our wrist. And it's now monitoring our vital statistics. Yeah. Like it does, this does take your heart rate yep. and alerts you if you have arrhythmia or whatever, you know, like irregular heartbeats <laughs> or palpitations. Yep. It alerts you if you have a low heart rate or an mm -hmm. excel or high heart rate, then you should for being inactive. It knows when you're moving or not. I get on the rower, I start rowing and it says, it looks like you're rowing. Do you want us to log this workout? Does it? Okay. Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. is, man. So it knows when you're on certain machines. And um, I think the future is for it to um, really plug into the other kind of metrics that we care about from a nutrition and wellness perspective. Like yeah. if it can start telling me my status around glucose, right? Because I know there are there's wearable glucose monitors now that you have to have special approval to, to, to get via you know, the kind of healthcare system, but it's like a sticker. You put mm -hmm. it on your skin and it can monitor 24-7 the glucose in your blood. Really smart. So you don't have to prick your finger or anything yeah. anymore. Um, so when that technology starts coming available in something like this, that's when it really starts opening up your eyes to yeah, yeah. creating a living, walking dashboard of what's my health status? How recovered am I? What's my nutritional profile? You know, Am I moving enough? Tell me what I need to do next. Yeah. Like, what do I need to do? What do I need to supplement or eat or or sleep or or exercise based on how I'm showing up right now? And and the technology is definitely going away. Yeah, I think it's it, it's going to be moving into the the health space and take over quite a lot. I think it's. I mean, things like um, you're saying about checking your 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 sugar levels and and things like blood pressure. This it's going to be able to tell us quite a lot. And I think I don't know. I mean, I don't know how accurate they are because I don't have one, but I think that they will become more accurate over time. Yeah. Um, I mean, your watch in terms of like calories and, and heart rate, how accurate is that? Well, one, I, I, mean, I, I would never know. But like with I would your never calories, know. I mean, do you, do, you, do you go by the calories on your watch? To manage the you... calories I consume? Yeah. Not exactly, but I do retrospectively so so that's a good point i do retrospectively go back on the data mm -hmm. to so i log all my food that's a different app but you can yeah. actually log it on your your watch mm -hmm. as well which is kind of cool you can dictate you it that? as well 
like that, speak that, to it or yeah you, you can dictate it or select from your favorites so and you can like cool. if i'm having yeah. a glass of water if you're managing your water intake you can just go yeah tap had another mm -hmm. one so i log all my food but i don't i do it on the on the phone i've got all the data based on my metabolic rate and all my kind of exercise and activity based calories yeah um, logged on this in in a quite quite accurate sense yeah so you can go back and go okay i consume this amount of food mm -hmm. i know the calories because i'm tracking that uh, i've got a sense of what i'm burning mm -hmm. i'm actually working off of a hypothetical equation that's driving my uh calorie budget so i'll yeah. use like a tde calculator online but then you can kind of like correlate this data and say is yeah. it is it working is this hypothetical number based on an algorithm that's online yeah. matching my personal body experience in terms of my metabolic rate and how much energy I can burn doing certain activities? And you can basically start to calibrate and configure your budgets mm -hmm. assigned to this extra data that you've got. Yeah. But it may or may not be accurate to well, the perfect level, but it doesn't matter about accuracy. It matters about it being consistent the patterns right yeah so if it's if it's off by 10 percent, but it's always off by 10 percent, yeah. i can use that information mm. i don't know if it's accurate or 10 percent off plus or minus but i do know that it's consistently off yeah every day so then you can say i've got this amount of energy being expended i'm eating this amount of food my body weight is moving up or down what do mm. i need to change i've now got extra data that you have to guess yeah because you don't have that additional input, even if it's off by ten percent or twenty percent, you don't have even some that ballpark figure guidance. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and I don't I, think I, it's accurate <laughs> on every degree, but I think because of the consistency, you can look for spikes, anomalies, yeah. trends. Well, that, that's kind of what I had in mind. I was I was thinking, well, you know, if you you know if, if let's say you have a desk job Monday to Friday and you're sitting down you can kind of look at the the steps and the calorie burn and go, you know what, I'm probably not moving or doing as much as I could be on the weekends. Obviously, I'm very active I'm with the kids, I'm playing sports, whatever you're doing on the weekend, but you can see that your calorie burn has, has gone up um, dr dramatically and your steps have gone up. So it's, infor it's informing it gives you that pattern, right? Uneducated, and I don't mean that in a, <clears throat> in a judgmental way, but people generally aren't particularly educated around and energy expenditure yeah this is a good way of opening your eyes to just how much or little your body is requiring from a day-to-day -day yeah. basis and sometimes it's shocking but some yeah. days Bryn, I'm, I'm in this office all day you yeah. know you know i might be having a rest day so i'm not even working out so i'm basically haven't moved mm. and my calorie expenditure reports that both my my steps and my general calorie expenditure and then if you're going to be smart about managing your body composition, you go, actually, I could take a blanket number as a budget to use every day and mm -hmm. use that as an average, knowing that some days are higher, some days are lower, but on yep. average, I should be in a surplus or a, or a deficit. Mm -hmm. And that's a fine way to go about doing it. Yeah. But with this data, you could say, I'm down 600 calories. I can see it. Yeah. Normally, I'm burning 1,100 active calories. I'm now, I've only burnt 400 today. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to take 500 off of my my dinner today, yeah. or whatever it is. I'm just yeah. going to slow it down because I don't need the extra energy that will be converted to fat. So if you wanted to, this in, this could actually guide a daily recommendation on what you and should be eating. Although it's kind of telling you 
it kind of, in my eyes, gives you that intu- more intuitive feel. You get you kind of you, you start kind to of, build up knowledge. Yeah, you yeah. start like you said. You're sitting there, and you go, and you see it. You see it, so you go, okay, well, I've moved less. I've burnt less calories, so therefore I'm going to eat less today. Um, I just don't need the calories, right? And then you kind of you start to to be able to tell without your watch although you can tell already it's, it seems yeah. kind of obvious it's not something that you really pay attention to right and then here's here's the the balance which i don't know where it's going to go yeah so, so for example some people like michelle she's great at navigating so she can and we've spoken about this yeah. before but <laughs> like she only has to do a route once mm-hmm. and she'll remember all of it if not most of it yeah just it's just it's just been etched into her mind really good at being in the car and getting places mm-hmm. for me i don't ever remember anything <laughs> like i struggle to get to yours which is five minutes down the road <laughs> and <laughs> it's because i've relied i've relied so heavily on gps yeah for most of my driving life mm-hmm. and i clearly don't have really strong navigational skills that i've never never leveraged it to educate me i've mm. just used it uh blindly i've just allowed it's myself led, just led you, to right? become dumb yeah because i know some of this to, to, to be a catch-all and direct me mm-hmm. so devices can go one or two ways mm-hmm. you could either use them to up level your level of intuitiveness awareness education just being able to make more informed decisions and yep. build up your intuition mm-hmm. or you could just say i'm outsourcing this information i'd have to think yeah and I don't know. It could go. It depends on the character. Yeah, because I, I mean, you kind of talking about who it works for. I mean, for you, you're quite data driven. You're analytical. You like. I think you like, or what? By what I feel, you like the numbers and stuff. So yeah, don't always look at it, but it's so nice to know it it's available. Gives you that. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not that way inclined. Like I don't really necessarily look at data too much. I just don't. I don't enjoy data as yeah. much, and that's probably partly why I haven't gone. Yeah, yeah, and I just think as well, yeah, that that's quite an important point. Is you know, what's your personality type and how are you wired? I mean, how does does it does it fill your psych bucket up and do you, do you want it or not? Or know? does it does it distract you? Right, and yeah. technology is a distraction. So I don't know. On balance, and you know, every person has got a different personality, as you say, responds to different things in different ways. But on balance. I think it's, I think wearables are a force for good. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about, you know, electromagnetic uh, radiation and, you know, whether they're actually wearing something with all this Wi-Fi and uh, tech mm-hmm. attached to you, whether that's good for your mitochondria and all your cells. There's all of that stuff that, uh, all EMF, right? Which yeah. I think people are starting to be, starting to wake up to the fact that we're being, oblit- we're just being targeted with, radiation of some sort coming from tech devices all over the place and yeah. might not be good so that aside though because i don't think that i don't think there's enough evidence one way or another to say you know wi-fi is universally bad for you or yeah. not or you know having a microwave in close proximity to your body as it's running is that going to cause you big damage or not people don't know definitively mm-hmm. but there's definitely some uh nutrition experts or sorry some wellness experts that try and eliminate yep. all emf radiating technology so i don't know on on that side i don't want to kind of say suggest wearables and tech is great there's no harm because it might be that 
But if you take that aside mm -hmm. and you just think about, I don't know, like you might say to yourself, it's Friday night, I want to have a really big blowout dinner and drinks and stuff like that. I know what I'll do. I'll go hit the gym just yeah. beforehand and I'll balance it out. Perfect. But if you've got the app, you'll know just how imperfect that that decision is. Now, you can have whatever you want, whenever you want, and live with the consequences, no problem. But if you think you going to the gym for 45 minutes mm. is going to balance out a 2,500 calorie blowout, mm. you know, breakfast, sorry, um, you know, starter, main dessert, a few drinks, breads, that kind of stuff, you're hugely mistaken. Yeah, because this app is, you know, the phone or the watch is going to tell you you burnt 250 calories. Yeah, well and done. You've been sitting down all day, and so that, that you can afford a thousand calories if you want to level things out. Anything yeah. more than that, you haven't made up for it at all. You haven't even taken the edge off of it. Yeah, and this kind of makes you realize that you burn far less calories than you think you do. Yeah, from exercise, actually, your calorie burn is almost not exclusively, but 70 percent of it comes from your metabolic rate and your daily movement yeah and if you can lift your mbr your metabolic rate up by just building more muscle mass move more generally during the day combine it with some proper exercise that's your way to manage yeah. your calorie yeah in and out but thinking that you're going to sit all day and then just go for a 20 minute cross trainer now you've justified yeah. what's about to happen you haven't yeah well if you uh, if you take two identical twins for instance and one one sits down at desk all day five days a week and goes to the gym three times in that week an hour each that's three hours of exercise and goes really hard feels good about themselves goes back to the office and goes you know what i, I feel good i've trained three times this week and i train really hard i can eat what i want this weekend and then you've got the other identical twin who doesn't go to the gym but walks a dog um, an hour a day and does the washing and runs around after Maybe the kids. stands up as he's working or he's consciously moving around all day. All day. Yeah. But then might, might even feel bad that they haven't gone to the gym or exercise or pushed themselves that week. But overall, the calorie the burn... The latter person's going to burn more calories. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what you're saying, isn't it? It's like when you have a device to kind of show you the yeah training hard for 45 minutes may not be as much as Look, you man, think i could be in the garden for two hours doing you know doing my stuff and yeah i burnt a whole ton like five six hundred calories like okay that that's that's good yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's five six hundred yeah. calories i wouldn't have had good workout now yeah. i can have something extra right yeah, yeah because that's a sizable amount of calories yeah. but yeah so just having to watch for me kind of gives you context or helps you look back as well which mm -hmm. is kind of cool you can go back last week Oh, we had a really busy day last week. We were walking around. We was at Disney World, right? How many calories did I actually burn? How many steps did I do? Okay, so if I have a day similar to that, mm -hmm. I can expect this amount of calories. Therefore, I can manage what I want to eat. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we're managing every day with, you know, precise, you know, precision. We're not. But you have that available if your body composition is important to you. Exactly. And right? If you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to just recompose or you're trying to build muscle and that's important and it and you found your why and you really want to do it and you know or you're just trying to maintain where you're at yeah but you want to do that in a way which isn't you're not falling off the bandwagon mm. you're not losing out on the gains you've you've kind of worked hard for yeah having tools like this i think is just 
enables you to make some more informed decisions versus yeah. completely guessing. Well, let, let's be honest. I mean, calories in itself isn't an exact science. It is, yes, but when you look at things like if you have two apples, both of those apples, although they're roughly the same size, won't contain the exact same calories. No, they no, might no, no. both be 80 calories exactly, although we like to think they will be. One might be better quality apple, might be organic, the other one might not be, and poor quality. There's so many variables. And there's, there's things like so that's going to change that, right? So it, but it, so it's not an exact science in itself. Neither is the wearable technology. But it kind managing of to us, the calorie is no. There's no value of yeah, trying to be precise exactly. to the, the calorie. It just gives us a, a ballpark figure. The gives us an idea. Reasonable enough. And it's pretty close, right? So yeah. I don't know if they're ever going to be perfect, but like you say, it, it gives you enough data to have an idea and you can go make between, a decision based from between that. Between the Wayne scales, the calorie counting app, yeah. and you know the wearable devices, plus you know some online resources for you know estimating calorie mm -hmm. goals, that for me, whilst neither of them are accurate, mm -hmm. together, being conscientious about what's happening to my body, yeah. I'm progressing in the direction I want to so i've got enough data to progress now could you do it with completely complete intuition like i'm going to try and eat just the amount of food my body needs or slightly more and i'm going to move what i think is right i mean you could and you know 100 years ago people were still getting big and people were still losing weight and people were still managing their weight yeah we don't need this extra technology and complication and you know just like science mm -hmm. but it helps be more precise quicker yeah. And no, like I know if you said to me, Steve, you need to lose 10 pounds in X time frame, do you feel comfortable doing it? I'd be like, hell yeah. Like yeah. it might not be nice, but I know exactly what I need to do to lose 10, not 15, yeah. not four, 10. Yeah. If you said to me, I want you to build, you know, I want, I want you to stack on, you know, a stone in the next two months, can you do it? Hell yeah. And I'll, I'll put on a stone in that period of time. No, no sooner, no later. Yeah. Because I know how to do that. Because yeah. I know how to manage my calorie done balance. it enough as That well. for me is empowering. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you have control. And you've done it enough as well. You've done it You've done it enough. You've got enough data to then give you that intuition and that knowledge to get you where you need to go, whether that's putting on weight or losing weight. And I think for me, I don't have one of the wearable devices. So I'm always uh, kind of, I'm guessing more. I don't have as much feedback and I just have to guess that bit more. So, But at the same time, Bryn, your, your goals are, um, I don't know, I, I I don't feel that you're driven in a, in a very strong way to mm. change your body significantly from where it's at. Like you're not no. overweight, you know, you're, you're in good shape. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you, you wouldn't mind packing on a bit more muscle and like, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But that's not a huge, huge driver for you no. because you're not in a bad place. Mm. So, and you know, you based on your metabolism and your day-to-day -day activity, you don't have to be particularly uh, on it yeah. to maintain your status quo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So for you, you've, you, you're quite, quite blessed with, you know, an activity level, an activity level combined with a metabolism that, basically says like you can stay as you are for for the time being you can yeah. stay as you are without really doing well, much if, if i right? is that fair yeah i mean i think uh, my one of my saviors as well is that i built in habits purposely and not purposely i mean they kind of just are my habits 
that kind of keep me guide you where I am. Yeah. yeah. So I know not to eat too much shit, but I don't completely restrict myself. I've got a balance there and that kind of works for me. Right. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't what, say you're, you're like a human calorie counter. You don't no. know how many calories you've consumed at the end of the day, just by kind of having this like m- calculating your brain. You're not yeah. doing that. But you also know Kinda, that this is roughly the amount of food I should eat to maintain where I'm at. Yeah. You've got that. Yeah, because I, I know kind of how many meals I need. Because um, my meals are usually the same. If my meals were different, the calories would be different. But because my meals look the same as time, if I go from three meals to four meals, I know that I'll probably start yeah. packing on some weight. And I do put on some weight, not that quickly, uh, just because of my body type. I am just uh, a bit of a skinny... Ectomorph. Ectomorph, right. So I just don't pack on size quickly. I can. Um, but I have to really, really get out of my comfort zone because where I'm at, like you say, there's no real... I don't need to change necessarily. And my drive isn't that strong to put on weight, although yeah. that's a nice goal to have. Um, I would really have to pack on uh, sorry i'd really have to put away the the calories in order to do that yeah and i i do have phases of doing that and and i do put on a bit of weight but then i kind of get drawn back to my comfort zone where you i don't probably have don't to like so seeing much. a little bit of extra flab and you've said to me like i hate being bloated like you don't yeah. enjoy being bloated or seeing some extra yeah. kind of belly fat and that kind of drives you to like the behaviors that get you back to where you're at so yeah you you struggle with 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 that well i'm I'm guessing you do yeah, and that's what kind definitely. of keeps bringing you back to your your kind of like um body uh, what's it called your set point yeah right? and your set point is where it's at and that's great because it's not a bad set point to have yeah um and so therefore i think you make a good point not everyone should feel that they have to manage their life to the the nth degree with precision and have all this data to just operate as a human of course you don't but if your if your goals are to transform or manage optimal nutrition, mm-hmm. you're going to need some input. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? You're going to need some input to make those decisions. If the change you're going after is sizable, yeah, is is you know if you're trying to lose a load of weight mm-hmm. or you're trying to really recompose your body or trying to gain mass, there's a science to that. It's not yeah. just eat as much or as little as you can and work out as hard as you can whilst those things are kind of correct there's parameters of how much you need to eat or not eat yeah like for example people most people including people i know if they want to lose weight their mo is i'm going to starve myself lean yeah i'm going to eat as little as possible right whereas my approach and the way i kind of engage people is you could starve yourself yeah. And that will last a period of time until you've had enough. Mm. Or I could put you in a position where it feels like you're almost overeating yeah. and you're losing weight because we've got we've thread that needle so so well that you're losing enough consistently and your body's not going into like emergency mode. Mm-hmm. So you're losing weight and it's happening every single day and every week or every week. But you don't feel like as if you're abstaining too much. You're eating all the foods you want and it doesn't feel like the portion size is too small. You're having the fats and you're having the carbs and you're losing weight. And it almost feels too easy. And you know what? Your lifestyle still looks relatively similar to what it was before. So you're like... Unless you're eating crap and loads of it. Yeah, I mean, if you make huge changes and then you go, well, this is quite a lot of work to make these big changes. You know, there's a lot of habits that are being changed and a lot of cravings I'm having to deal with. But... 
like you say, if there, there's some people that you can make smaller changes, but consistently, and you can lose a little bit of weight slower. But it's happening but it doesn't feel, constantly. Yeah, it's happening constantly. It doesn't feel like you're absolutely starving yourself. But, and I'll, I'll give you a really good case in point. So um, Michelle's mum and dad have got into a bit of a health kick. You know mm -hmm. that. I've spoken to you about that too. And, um, you know, I've just kind of given them some nutritional guidance mm -hmm. and, and, and a plan. Yeah. But the plan requires them to track calories. Now, they may or may not do that for a long period of time. But I kind of empowered them to understand that no food is off off the list unless mm -hmm. we're talking about op optimal wellness. Mm -hmm. From a calorie perspective, these are the rules. They're pretty straightforward. Um, I want to put you in a mild deficit so you're losing weight, but it's mm -hmm. you know, you're not going into emergency mode. You're not fucking up your metabolism. You're gradually, slowly losing weight and it's yeah. going to feel good. Yeah. And it's going to feel easier than you expect. And I, and I set the calorie numbers for both of them. And um, the instinct reaction from both of them is, Steve, that's too many calories. Yeah. Like, I don't eat that many calories Usually get as that. it is. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be far too much. No, it, it, like when they played it, like yeah. oh, actually, that's you know that that more than I expected to be on a diet, but yeah. less than I am eating. I didn't realize I was having more. Yeah. Okay. And here's a protein goal. Yeah. And both of them said, I just can't hit the protein number. Like it's impossible. Mm -hmm. like, I didn't realize I have a like, almost a hundred percent carb diet. Mm. Like how do I get yeah. all this protein in? But none of that awareness that they're now building this like, okay, protein, protein sources, things I need to have, carb, carb sources, calories, how much in each food, like yeah. what do I need to do to manage my portion sizes and my meals? Like that knowledge is being accelerated and they're owning that yeah. because they're counting their calories. Which is bringing awareness. awareness do you know what I mean? And, yeah. they, and yes, they could have lost more weight if they just went on a, let's not eat for a month. Yeah. Let's eat like a shake a day, mm. special shake a day, Cambridge diet or something like that. Yeah. They could lose a ton of weight, no doubt. Yeah. But it would feel crap. Yeah. And this way that they're like, they're feeling controlled, they feel enabled, they feel healthy. Yeah. They've got more energy. They feel like they're having not, they're not making much sacrifices and they're learning and they're embracing this idea of this is a sustainable way of life. I'm losing weight and I feel like this is normal for us. Yeah. Yeah. But the technology is helping. Yeah. And that's where I think for most people, there's value in having that information. But I'm not trying to be dogmatic and say you can't operate without it. Of course you can. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I, think... would, I would, I would, I would, I would um, more likely support technology used correctly versus no not... technology. Yeah. Would you? And I, I would agree with that also. And I don't harness. I know that I don't harness technology personally as much as I could do. And if I do, I will get better results. But that's something I face up to personally. I go, okay, that's the case. But, but if you're walking around four stone heavier there. and you're hating your body, you probably would exactly. acquire the the tools and the yeah. insights you need. But right now, it's like you don't need to change anything exactly unless you really wanted to, and yeah. that want isn't strong enough for you right now. No, and then so. Like you're saying, if if the wants there and you or you you really want to lose this weight and you are say four stone heavier than you would like to be, the options there, you know the the like because we're kind of basically advising and saying look the the tools give you a good enough figure and and technology can help it really can help and you've seen it firsthand. I've used it to a degree and yes I've seen some results. 
if I use it more, like I said, I'll get better results. So yeah, I think, I mean, it's interesting to see where in, uh, technology will go. I mean, I mean it's only going to get better. There's two other areas of kind of this technology innovation that um, I think is absolutely going to guide us. And you yeah. haven't been exposed to either of those yet. I've been exposed to one and soon to be exposed to the other. The first is microbiome testing. Yeah. Now, we've been able to get blood results for as long, for, for ages. Most people don't, off their own back, in with their own expense get bloods yeah it's usually because they've been recommended by their gp because something's going off and they want to check stuff but yeah you know you can get full status blood status if you want mm -hmm. but the next level and you know the science is driving towards uh much of our health conditions mm -hmm. you know whether it be disease or you know feeling good or anything in between is um being guided by directed or at least influenced by your gut health mm -hmm. and you can do microbiome testing uh, which i've done by a company called viome and their, their stuff was a bit clunky at first if i'm honest but now it's getting to the point where they're giving really useful recommendations like uh, this is what you've got in your gut based on what you've got in your gut the bacteria the parasites the viruses the good and the bad stuff the probiotics the rare species blah 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 these are the foods that you should indulge in because your metabolism will process them very well yeah these are the foods you should eat because there seems to be a deficiency these are the foods that will help increase your diversity of certain bacteria that would harmonize your gut health yeah. and avoid these couple of foods because you've got you've got a virus from sweet potatoes or tomatoes <laughs> or this or that which you've you've received via the plant matter you consume but you've got that virus that's running around your body if you want to get rid of it you need to stop eating the foods that that virus feeds off yeah so i'm getting this information like wow like so, i've got a very clear set of foods to indulge foods to enjoy foods foods to reduce and foods to avoid completely based on what i've got going on in my gut and was that when i had the test done and that was from that one test that you done? It was done in this, uh, uh, January, I think. So it's a bit stale now. Mm -hmm. So even though their technology is advancing and therefore making better use of the data, it was done like almost a year ago. So I need to do another one. And the, the service offers annual testing. So I need to do another one to see, have my habits and food choices made a yeah. difference to what their recommendations are. And almost definitely it will. So that's one way, one way kind of technology yeah. and innovation is helping inform not just weight loss. Mm -hmm. This is now going to a point of like, if you want to thrive, if you want to feel optimal, it's if like you want to have good level. energy, if you want to eliminate yeah. or reduce the, the likelihood of disease, if you're trying to manage disease, if you're trying to manage autoimmune conditions, like mm -hmm. these are the foods you should be in for you. Yeah. Not generally based on general rules of thumb but based on you and your unique makeup of things that live inside you eat these foods and you will do yourself good but well, that's the that's thing awesome. like we do follow these these guidelines on basic principles when it comes to nutrition and actually really it's completely individualized and someone could have um an intolerance to sweet potatoes because yeah. there's a virus that's feeding off of sweet potatoes right so it, it is completely individualized now Obviously, I think there's some general rules of thumb that, that the majority of people by, yeah. can take benefit from. But like Jordan Peterson's daughter, for example, who, 
she she's on a carnivore diet. Mm. Yeah, eats only only, only um, beef and salt and water, and it sounds so restrictive. She's found a way to enjoy it, but she's like had junior arthritis all her yeah. life. She's had replacements. She's she's been in a bad way, loads of depression, like insomnia. Just all just she's really been struck down with the worst set of lifelong conditions to the point that she's been on. You know, she's been yeah. knocking at death's door for the majority of her young life. Mm -hmm. And she's found a format of eating yeah. that's given her her life back. Yeah. Now, does that mean everyone should be on a carnival diet? No, it means she's got some autoimmune conditions. She's got this, that, and other that may or may not have come from food choices, mm -hmm. may or may not have come from all the pharmaceutical drugs she's been having to ingest over the years to manage her symptoms. Could have come from all sorts of stuff, some yeah. genetic. But that's unique. I don't for one second suggest everyone should be on a carnival <laughs> diet, but it's like an extreme elimination diet. Yeah. And she's found that she's allergic or sensitive to almost everything. Yeah. Imagine that. But taking that, these tests, they kind of start giving you some insight into, whilst the technology is not perfect, starts pointing you in a direction of these, like it says for me, I am not so good at digesting carbs. Mm-hmm. Michelle, on the other hand, can digest carbs very well. Yeah. So what that means is I'm more likely to have um, blood sugar spikes Yeah. and have the consequences of blood sugar spikes when I ingest carbs. Hmm. Michelle, she can process them slower, which means her blood sugar levels increase and decrease at a less fast rate than mine. Yeah. And Do I, you know what I mean? And that's, that's useful to know. I mean, uh, uh, Paul Check, um, one of the... Uh, wellness practitioners he touches on this a lot and he talks about um your family heritage and where your ancestors mm. grew up where where what part of the world are you from rob wolf talks about this as yeah. well and i'd i'd quite like to see that integrated with the testing that you're doing via and and they can i think they can do it through like a sort of like a swab test um i had a few friends that have done it not for health reasons they've just done it to see what curious. part of the world yeah, yeah. curious or curiosity they've gone for these tests and it, it gives you back on your phone where your family are from right and they backdate it as far as they can this is like 23 me and that kind of stuff like dna testing yeah exactly yeah okay. i think that might hopefully or maybe they do already but that'd be pretty cool if they match if they match no, i agree because yeah, they don't this stuff isn't dna testing this is purely what, what lives in Going your gut. In currently today. But if yeah. you could take your DNA as well, so they look at your genetics as well as your heritage. Yeah. Like that heritage thing's a real point. Like, like it's crazy how much I enjoy and seem to thrive off of my ancestral diet. Like, okay. like Greek yeah. food. Like, yeah. yeah, part of it is because I grew up with some of it, but I, I grew up in England, right? Mm. I've had a lot of stuff. You know, my Greek diet was a very small part of my diet. Yeah. Because it wasn't frequent, and you know, my mum's English. She was born, born, born and bred in in the UK. Mm. But as I've grown up, I've found that the food that satisfies me most, that seemed to manage my diet, my, my body composition best, just seemed to have the best relationship with. So when you had uh, your... is my kind of Mediter my Greek Mediterranean diet, that kind of Middle Eastern style yeah. of you know meat and rice and fish and, and fish and salad, yeah, and a bit of kind of goat's cheese, and that's it's perfect. And and, and so I've, and... I've kind of embraced that and gone. I just need to like sign up to where I'm from, yeah, yeah. as opposed to in all random cuisine. 
and I, I guess that your, I mean, did your testing come back with a lot of those foods as good foods that agree with you? Yeah. So that's yeah. What 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 was scary? And this is the, the you know some things you want to hear and some things you don't. One of the <laughs> one of the recommendations was was to stop eating sweet potato. Oh man, you <laughs> love sweet potato. <laughs> but that recommendation didn't come up in their first or second update of their software. It's most recently as they've advanced some of their they found their technology more. to review mm -hmm. the data. They've gone, we found a virus, a sweet potato virus basically. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore you should avoid eating sweet potato to remove the virus. So I've I've emailed them. Because <laughs> right. this is a concerning matter. I have a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look, one, this was done nine months ago. <laughs> right. Let's let's just make sure that I don't have to do this. Yeah. One, it was done one, nine months ago. And two, how long are we talking? Yeah, yeah. What did <laughs> they it, say? Is it a few weeks? They haven't got back to me. They said they're working <laughs> on it. But like what was the uh the title for the email? Sweet potato. <laughs> exclamation mark. no i basically said like your, your service is becoming amazing blah 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 i love yep. it but you know there's a couple of things i, I can't thought you change. say your your service come abysmal since you've told me <laughs> i can't eat sweet potatoes but uh, i mean I'm, that's that's cool isn't it yeah. that's a really cool advancement of technology and then the second are these wearable rings so oh yeah i've heard about these we've been doing these watches which mm -hmm. are kind of cool but there's um a few companies one of them is a company called aura or a ring yeah i've heard of those is a norwegian or it's definitely that kind of that part of the world mm -hmm. finland maybe actually and it's a wearable it's it's wearable but it's on your finger and the benefits of that is that they can do you can wear it at night without the inconvenience mm -hmm. of feeling like you're wearing this clunky watch on your wrist because mm -hmm. i've tried to wear my watch and it just doesn't feel nice yeah and their vital their statistics they can pull out apparently are more accurate coming off of the the vein on your finger than they are where your watch is placed above your wrist mm -hmm. so they can get constant feedback on your heart rate and your temperature so now you get a really advanced perspective on your sleep so this does a bunch of stuff this ring but and it's connected to a really sophisticated app mm -hmm. but you can get the sleep tracking apps today and they're they're working off your microphone they're a bit flaky mm -hmm. this is working on your movement, your body temperature, yep. and a fairly accurate representation of your heart rate as well as your heart rate variability. And you're yep. wearing it throughout the night. So you're getting a a more accurate sense of better reading. How you're how you're sleeping. Yeah. And then what your recovery status is to determine how you should work out. And that's kind of cool. I mean that would be the next thing, right? Because we kind of we're mastering watches so surely it's going to now start being rings it's going to be the next thing that they They just need to start. be low profile and they need to last yeah. long enough and they need to not look ugly yeah and this their newest versions they've even got silver ones they've got rose gold ones they've got little diamonds Do in they it. look like, they look like rings, rings yeah the first one was massive it looked like as if you're some <laughs> like some weird hippie kind of thing it was huge yeah. it was huge black thing but now they've streamlined the technology to the fact it just looks slightly bigger than the ring I'm wearing now. Yeah. I mean, you talking about the the temp tracking the temperature. I mean, if it's on my hand, it wouldn't I mean my hands are always bloody freezing. Same. Like during the winter my hands are always cold. I don't know whether this is an immune it's system be thing a or a thing. circulation thing. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Mine but... is what my right hand is always cold. Really? It's not now, but whenever I get cold, it's my right hand it goes cold it first. Cold and then your left. Yeah. 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 And I think it's because I use it more. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where the accuracy of it, but they must account for your hand, your extremities yeah, being, getting, being cooler than your core temperature. Yeah. And they must have worked out roughly what it yeah. means. But that, I think, 
you know, as you're thinking your investment of like, where do you go? You might, because does it, I think it does calories as well. I'm sure it does. So it may be your next fitness wearable versus a watch. Mm. And that'd be cool if they could advance the rings to the point that you don't need a tech watch. So you can still have your dress watches and your nice yeah, yeah. stuff. You'd love that. I would. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I cool. think we got just keep an eye out on the new technology and be open to it and, and what it can offer us for sure. It's exciting times, man. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, I, I think we covered it. Is there anything yep. else you wanted to no, all good. pick up on? Yeah, yeah. Cool. All righty, guys. Well, hopefully that uh, kind of uh, rabbiting for a while has been interesting and you're thinking about the same things too. If you've got things you want to talk about or point us in the direction of new tech that we're not aware of, I'd love to hear it. And you can get hold of me on Instagram or on our Facebook page. But up until our next episode, um, Hope you have a great week and Adapt Nation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health and mindset inside and out. Thanks, guys. Thanks. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.
So here is the lowdown on wearable tech and health tracking technology. I personally been using both for the last couple of years. So I've had the opportunity to get really excited about getting a new Apple Watch, um, then have it for a bunch of time and realize like, what am I doing with it? What's it? What's the worth? This is just an expensive watch that's going to need replacing in a year. Through to a realization of how to leverage it to better improve my health status, my fitness levels, my body composition. So we're going to talk through all of that in this episode, explaining where the technology is today, its accuracy, how to leverage it, where wearable technology is going in the future, and not just watches. We're talking about rings, and we're talking also about microbiome testing, DNA testing, the whole gamut of information to inform and enable you to make smart choices for optimal wellness. But before we get into that, and really a natural transition, um, I talk about my surprise holiday to Disney World that we've just most recently come back from. And it was a magical and exciting holiday, a tiring, frustrating holiday, an expensive holiday. But a holiday that was really centered around technology. And not just any technology, wearable technology. I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. And as always, please leave some feedback or ask some questions if anything resonates that you want to discuss further. Enjoy. Enjoy. 